Yeah, I, it, this is filler. This is somebody who was like, please give me a shot. I'm like, okay, I guess we could use their scripts. I can't tell you how glad I am that we've done away with the whole sweeps thing. Even though I kind of miss the excitement of it, but sweeps and having a 25-episode order of things, oh my gosh. I'm, yeah. I'm just so thankful. Like, 12 to 15 yeah. is the norm now. Yeah, because sometimes when I see, like, Grey's Anatomy's, like, doing 22 episodes in a season, I'm like, ooh, y'all doing 22 episodes? <laughs> Too much. There's so much filler. Yeah. It's un- it's so unnecessary. You know those people don't want to be filming 10 months out of the year anyway. It's just, like, better for all parties all around. It's here and I like it. NYPD means I will knock your punk ass down. Bring it down. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Big KC, Who's the man? Pack of tropical fruit bubblicious and some Skittles. Guys, welcome back to the Fresh Podcast of LA, a Will Smith Appreciation Podcast. I am your host, Miggy Spicy, with my not a co-host, Tony Sanchez. That's right, Tony Sanchez, not a co-host. Not a co-host. Thank but you, Tony, everybody. Yes. Who do we have with us that <laughs> oh we had last God. week? We also have not a co-host, Jordan Lambert. <laughs> I'm nice try. Tony is our special guest host, but you are not a co-host, co-host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony doesn't want to come to the dark side, I, <laughs> and I cry about it after the to give away parts of her show, and I'm like, no, this is your baby, it is all you, and that is not to mean that I don't enjoy being here, I really do, I'm always jazzed to be here, haha, <laughs> jazz. but <laughs> this is your show, it's your baby. I know. I get, I, I don't, I'm so weird. Even behind a microphone, I get stage fright. Like every time we would tape Hi. for hashtag, uh, every time we tape for hashtag, I'd just be so nervous before I turn the camera. I'm like, guys, I can't do this. I forgot everything. I don't what? know anything. What's Marvel? What's, what, what, what is this? What is it? Riverdale? What is that? <laughs> now I feel like I'm having an Edna Mode moment where I'm just like, yes, they are lucky to have you in their presence. Now go ahead, grace them with your brilliance. <laughs> Go, go. But then once you start talking about it, it's like a conversation. And it's, it's so cool. And I used to never be this shy as a kid. I would just, I would be the first one on the dance floor and on stage. And, man, I want some of that childhood bravery back. I'm just too self-conscious now. No, don't do that. Stop it. I uh, I'm, like, switching into, into therapy mode. Now, so what happened? You go, when did the change occur? Why do you feel this? <laughs> Puberty? I don't know. I feel like that's so easy. I don't know. I don't know when the the switch flipped. They used to think I had ADHD as a child. <laughs> I mean, and, and now I'm just I'm mellow. I'm way more mellow. <laughs> Jordan, by the way, if you ever wanted to start a podcast where you start therapizing all of your friends, I will totally 100% tune into that, and I will oh 100% gosh. sign up as I... a guest. Yes. Put my name down I'm not on the even list. Why I want like 
say you have like seven careers in your life. I think I'm on like number career number two or three. I definitely want five or six. I want to be the next Ayamla for, you know, just when I get older, put that bug in someone's ear mm, that yes. I want to be the next Ayamla. Yes. Wait, who? Ayamla? Who's that? What You've those- never watched Ayamla since my life? I don't think so. Oh, did I say the wrong thing? <laughs> She's fabulous. She's wonderful. I know you've seen her. At least she comes yeah. up on the timeline every so often. I know you've seen her. Okay, you just have to send me like. Oh, She's yeah. not on my watch, lady. That's her. Not on my watch. Yes, that gift. Not on my watch. <laughs> That's no, her. I'm gonna look though. We'll send you clips. It's okay. We'll send you clips. Aren't we talking about Fresh Prince? Is that what we do here? Is that what we're doing yes. today? Okay. We what are. are. We we're, talking, we're talking about, um, I think this is episode 20 called Nice Lady. Again, directed by Jeff Melman. I, I need to know. I need to know what's behind this. Once again, directed by Jeff Melman, written by Sandy Frank, aired February 11th, 1991. Synopsis is Jeffrey's old employer, Lord Fowler, and his daughter come to the Banks' house for the weekend. Will wants to use the car to go to a Ziggy Marley concert in Nevada. Philip and Viv won't let him, so he makes a proposition to be on his best behavior for the week. Lady Penelope winds up not being what Will thought she was. So, first impressions on this episode, ladies. Jordan? I... I this is a classic episode to me mm-hmm. like it's a classic Fresh Prince episode even though it is kind of filler and the plot's very like ABC nothing like groundbreaking but yeah. I feel like this is one of the ones that everyone remembers mm-hmm. what makes you say that I'm just trying to think if anything I, like I just what happened anything big that happens or just the I'm not sure, but I guess when the second it popped up and they started talking, and I was like, oh my god, I remember this episode. I know everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there are a few of these episodes out there where it's like, Will, even though he is a mischievous character, there are definitely moments <laughs> where he's like, I'm going to be on my best behavior, and here mm-hmm. enters in everybody else who is making their dandest to make sure that he is going to F this up. Yeah. And those are always really entertaining episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely noticed that formula, which does pop up in this show quite a bit. Yeah. So this episode mm-hmm. was it was a little bit weird. Like you said, it was a filler, and then there were filler scenes within the filler episode. Mm. And it, it was just a little bit of, um, it couldn't get its footing, really. Um, so basically, like we said, um, Lord Fowler was Jeffrey's first employer when he started doing the butler thing and he's visiting for reasons that aren't uh, unknown to us. We're not told why he's visiting there uh, specifically. (laughs) Isn't it just like weird, especially how it ends too, because they leave the next day. (laughs) Yeah. It's like this weird thing where, uh, I think now that you mention it, it is really odd. Right. It's like, why are they there? There's no reason for them to be there in LA because the dude is like a, um, I think he's supposed to be some sort of like politician, but it's like, why are you in LA though? And specifically Mm -hmm. Bel Air, like that. Yeah. So it didn't really track. And then I kind of interpreted it it as, um, oh, they're just there to see Jeffrey because obviously the relationship, they were together for so often and for so long 
that it transcended just a employee employer relationship. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's nice and cute and sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, it just was, but they leave the next day. Right. Or like, like I thought a, it was a vacation or something. It's a very <laughs> short weekend. It's a very, very short weekend for them. Um, yeah, they don't explicitly say, they just say they are coming to visit and no shenanigans can take place. And I did appreciate the fact that that kind of pressure is coming in from Jeffrey instead of Uncle Phil. Oh, sorry. What happened, Jordan? Maybe they had a layover in Los Angeles. Maybe they had a layover in Los Angeles and they were just there for a couple of hours. That makes complete total sense. I love it. Uh, Headcanon accepted. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and then Jeffrey, uh, yeah, you were saying about Jeffrey Holly. He was just—he was just really like uptight, right? And he was like, no nonsense, not put up with anyone's bullshit <laughs> at all. Yeah, I—I I like that. I like anything that ha- you know me. Jeffrey is my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. I like anything that gives Jeffrey uh, a feature. But even mm-hmm. though he's just the catalyst for it he doesn't really have a lot to do until the third act he's Mm -hmm. just there literally to introduce oh fowlers the banks the banks fowlers and Mm -hmm. now go play and be bored by each other i suppose Mm -hmm. um so there really wasn't as much jeffrey as i wanted in this episode um but I did, like, I, since I knew what was going to happen, even though I don't think I've ever seen this episode before. Um, and if I have, I certainly don't have a strong recollection of it. So it did feel like I was watching it for the first time ever. And But once I realized, like, oh, Will has to be on his best behavior, and now everything is going to happen to make sure that he can't be on his best behavior. Um, and then I was like, oh, it's going to be the girl. It's going to be the girl. Okay, great. I was actually really nervous that there was going to be a really problematic moment where it's like the white girl getting a black man in trouble. Oh, God. And I'm really happy to say that they managed to go ahead and sidestep all of that. (laughs) It is these very innocent, like, situations. Even though she is literally stealing a car, running away to the roughest bar in L.A., Mm -hmm. uh, and all she's doing is playing three-card Monty, dancing on a table... And then we don't even get to see her, like, make out with, like, the big Godzilla-looking dude. No, thank goodness. Right. And even though he's supposed to, like, get (laughs) the fight, all we do is just see him getting yanked off off screen. So it's played for a gag. So there's never a moment in which I'm just like, oh, there's some really problematic shit in here. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is all fun and gags because Mm -hmm. the whole thing is that Will really wants to go see Ziggy Marley in Nevada. Why the hell Ziggy Marley is is playing in the middle of the Yes. no, but he is. Um, no, why is he in Nevada and not Los Angeles? Or Las Vegas. Vegas. Whatever. <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't I haven't traveled much in Nevada, but uh from what it's I know, desert. it's a lot of desert. It's and desert. there's it's this one little awesome. weird like uh spot of casinos before you get to Vegas like another hour later. <laughs> right. They got that one weird truck stop. I think he was Vegas playing in Las Reno. That's yes. It. <laughs> like he was playing in the middle of the desert or something. I don't know. That was very strange. Like, they didn't say like Las Vegas, no, Los Angeles, Nevada. Nevada. Well, can we get back to this though with the Nevada and the Aunt, Aunt Viv and the Uncle Phil thing? Yeah. Why are they seriously considering letting Will take a car to Nevada? Nevada. It's a whole state away, a whole entire state away. And they were like, we'll consider it if you can be responsible. 
Sorry, Jordan, you got cut off. It would Sorry. never happen. No, never. They would at it least would say, we'll fly you there. It would not play out this way. Yeah. But no, like you're, I remember my first like far away concert. I was 19 years old. I was in college. So I was living on campus. So technically, mm-hmm. I didn't even live at home. And my mom found out that me and my friends were driving up to Bakersfield to see a band. And mm-hmm. she let me have it. We didn't talk for like a week. Because she was so pissed. And I even tried to call her and be like, oh, we made it to Bakersfield safely. Oh, now we're leaving. Oh, now we made it home safely. And she was so pissed. She did not give a shit. Mm, Yeah, that's the reaction I would expect. Yeah, that's that 19 pushing 20. So, like, no, this is completely, no. This is baloney. Let me explain to you how my family feels about this, right? I'm about to be 37 in a couple of weeks here, okay? Uh, la- right. I'm old as hell. Anyways, I should no. have at least three grandchildren right now, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> my dad, I had to drive back from uh, Florida back to California, right? I drove over and I needed to go drive back over here with my truck, right, and my dog. Mm-hmm. And I just told my dad, like, listen, I'm going to do the responsible thing where I only drive during the daytime. I'm going to stop only in major cities. I'm not just going to be stopping at some random motel on the side of the highway, right? And this man, even, (laughs) mind you, this is like his 35, 36-year-old daughter. He drove all the way with me. He wouldn't even let me drive all the way back with myself. Granted, it was a really nice road trip, just me and my dad, and it's really nice. But it's all based on the fact that my own father doesn't let me just drive by myself because he's so worried about my safety. Yeah. And I know that's like a dad and his daughter kind of thing. But still, I'm like the fact that they were about to let Will just drive all the way to Nevada. On one hand, I was like, okay, yeah, because he's a boy, maybe Mm -hmm. they would go ahead and do that. They certainly probably wouldn't for Ashley or Hillary. Yeah. on the other hand, I'm like, I'm grown. I'm literally twice the age of what the Will Smith character is supposed to be. And they, my own parents didn't let me do that. Like, this is, no, I call bullshit. Absolutely not. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. I can't even drive to the, to the, the grocery store at night without my sister and my mom getting up my ass about it. <laughs> so for sure. It's just like, why, like th- move it to Los Angeles. That's way more believable or say, we'll fly you there or you right. know, ask to be flown there. That is a grueling, and he's supposed to drive back the same day? Like, come on, it's four hours there, like five hours, six hours back. (laughs) Give me a break. That was, like, the most unrealistic part of this whole episode. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But like we said, this it was just a lot of a filler episode. What else happened in this episode besides that? But, yeah, the the, the compromise is... Okay, Will's like, if I show you I can be responsible, can I take the car? And then Phil's like, you know, that's a low-risk proposition. I don't mind that. Let's do it. And then um, they arrive, Lord Faller and Lady Penelope. Uh, And then Uncle Phil, like, develops this situational accent, which I kind of felt him on. I felt that. (laughs) Because sometimes if I'm also around a heavily accented southern person or like a british person i will accidentally say like key words that i can say them like with a with a with a good uh, accent <laughs> i will say it and then i'll be like oh shit i'm only shit. laughing because i <laughs> i'm only laughing because i agree and i a personal anecdote um so my ex sister-in-law's parents were from England and I picked her up in the airport and we're dropping her off at her parents' place in Orange County because uh, she had flown home and my brother had stayed in Minnesota. 
Um, and so I run this errand for them and they, she invites me inside when I drop her off at her parents' house and her grandmother pops up and she's like, oh, hello, dear, in this British accent. And I lose my shit. And I immediately had to my brother and I'm like, why didn't you warn me? I could have had time to prepare. I had no time to prepare. I had no clue these people are British. And now I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be so embarrassing. Yes. Because I'm like, no, I'm not making fun of you. Like, if I can say a word that is convincing, right? like, I will say it by accent. It just slips out because sometimes mm-hmm. I play around with accents in, in my real life conversations. I was just like, oh, fuck, I wasn't making fun of you. <laughs> Please, rewind time. Right? So I'm I get it. I'm trying to be funny. I'm trying to make fun of you. Just this thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I kind of feel better, though, when people, like, hear I'm from Jersey and they, like, go into this exaggerated caricature accent. I'm like, that's, not, that's like Long Island, dude. <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not, and maybe that's North Jersey. <laughs> so, I say uh, certain words, but... <laughs> I, I I actually, I, okay, I used to work at Disney World, which is nothing but people from out of state and sometimes out of the country. Mm-hmm. And I later find out that, like, it's a marker for, or it's something that a lot of neurodivergent people do, which I am. Uh, we mask, which means that we also mimic a lot. Mm-hmm. So we will unintentionally we're not trying to like make fun of anybody or whatever but we would start mimicking people's gestures and even their accents so yeah there was a lot of times where I was like oh stop talking to that person in Australian accent you know you can't do it stop it right now because they're gonna think you're <laughs> making fun of them yeah and it's not until later I just like okay it isn't me trying to subconsciously be an asshole it's just my brain trying to like you know, connect with people mm-hmm. and get them to like me because my brain just assumes that I'm not doing the job enough on my own with my own personality. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but I definitely, <laughs> I love how they always find ways to make uncle feel silly without ever undermining his like authority. Right. They don't ever like the butt of the joke is just the yeah. fact that like, this is just a silly quirk of his mm-hmm. and it's not ever like, it doesn't take it too far. Right. It doesn't, no make it weird or awkward it's just and oh my god james avery perfect perfect in this i wish they would have done more of this to be honest i wish they would have carried that joke farther along i thought they did and then i forgot about it because they never really because it's usually the one two three punch of a joke right like right hit it three times they only and, hit twice <laughs> yeah so i was like okay because well, it felt like of- such a long episode right well the rest of the day di- well because because the rest of the joke is how boring the Lord Fowler character is. And yes. it's like, what? Which is a cornier joke. <laughs> well, it was all supposed to be a setup of him dropping all these clues about, like, Jeffrey being a recovering gambling addict and about how he once was caught naked uh, in a gazebo after a game of strip cro- croquet. It's like, then he's, the joke is supposed to be he's dropping all these tidbits about these actual scandalous, interesting stories. Yeah. And at that point, he kind of, everyone else is just so, like, done with hearing about, like, oh, the Trout Act of 1624. And it's like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> I'm, good, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Why? Why? Um, did you have any like favorite uh standout moments in this episode, Jordan? Uh, we didn't talk about Lady Fowler a lot, who's apparently a ha- eight, she is the 895th person in line for the throne. Which we learn because Will's just like, Lady is just a girl, and she's like, How dare you? If 894 members of the royal family died, she would be the next in line, she would be the next queen of England. <laughs> 
those bloodlines, man, they they know. I love they, that. The I way they trace a good joke. I I loved that joke and I loved um when Penelope is up on the table dancing mm-hmm. and Will is trying to get her down off of the she just like ripped her skirt so it's even more inappropriate. Yes. Mm. I had some but lady uh, lady Penelope here at the moment happens at the very <laughs> My favorite moment happens at the very end of the episode and I don't want to jump ahead yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of this middle, so Lord Fowler's like, he's starting this story before dinner. They're all going to go out to dinner, including the kids who are there. And they're just like, oh, my God, how can we get out of this? Uh, But Lady Penelope wants to go to the opera, she says, instead of going to dinner. So Will figures this is a way he can show that he's responsible and offers to be the escort. And Uncle Phil's like, okay, let's see what you got. Uh, So he's like, oh, the opera. I thought she said Oprah. (laughs) Which Oprah has never been in Los Angeles. Like, come exactly. on. At the end of her ep- uh, shows, it's like Chicago. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so he packs up comics and snacks to, to get ready for the opera. And then everybody's going off to dinner. And Lord Fowler's still telling these stories about merry time and blah, blah, blah. Um, so once they leave and they say goodbye, like you said, Lady Penelope take you know lets her hair down. And like I said, I had like hair envy but also I was thinking like how long does it take to detangle her hair because my hair is not even that long and I would just like die (laughs) I do want to point out that this is actually uh, my my arm would die having to detangle her hair so the the actress (laughs) is I think she's credited as Sherry Veronica Kren Uh uh, but she is uh, Sherry Austin she's actually an actress and country uh, singer uh, so she's done some Broadway, uh, but she's done a lot of music. Um, she's written for like Blake Shelton. She uh, did a lot of, um, like, I think she was in Bonnie and Clyde. They did Ring of Fire, you know, the Johnny Cash musical show. Uh, mm-hmm. So she did a lot of like country music singing in these song in these uh, specific plays that really focused on country music. Um, you know, she's one of few. Uh, she is Australian herself, and they, I guess they do have uh, a very thriving country music uh, scene out there. So she's okay. actually got a couple of awards under her belt uh, out there. Uh, so she's actually pretty well known, I guess, okay. just not really here. Um, yeah. You know, she's got some hits here and there and mostly a lot of writing credits uh, for some other American country uh, uh, singers. Um, but she's... <laughs> I find her delightful in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't know who that's fascinating. Yeah, fun tidbits. Yeah, no, I find her so fun in this episode. Uh, I find her character to like already. It's sort of like a caricature, right? Like you know, the mm-hmm. wild child, like who's just so tired of like the nuns and um, you know who just wants to have a little bit of fun and is tired of like you know and she know she must know how boring her father is she has to know that's why she's yes. just so to get away from him um, but it's all in good fun the the, it, the danger is never taken to like a ridiculous degree where now we kind of have to be like mm, maybe we shouldn't have done that like what does she do she goes for a joyride she goes to the bar we assume she returns the car just fine um, and maybe the motorcycle too that she stole from the guy in the bar um, yeah. but I find her characterization just a lot of fun. Uh, I I think she's probably my favorite part of this whole episode. No, she was. She I didn't I, find her. Her timing is fantastic. Mhm. Yeah. 
She's like, I'm just a little girl, and uh, but I'm, you know, I'm a rebel. <laughs> I want to smoke, and I want to go to the, the biker bar, and, you know, she's the hit of the bar, and I don't know. Yeah, like you said, Will find, ends up finding her there, and she's, just, she's, she's really cool. She's just trying to let, you know, loosen up Will, because usually Will would be the one running around town, right, at the bar or, or trying to get into the bar or doing something crazy. And he's trying to tame this girl down because he really wants to see Ziggy Marley. Mm-hmm. Ziggy Marley is on the line here. Um, but yeah, like you said, he ends up getting tossed out the bar. So he has to go back home and everybody's back home <laughs> from dinner and the story's still going on. And they think they could get to bed, but it's not going to work because now they're drinking sherry. And uh, Will has to bring G back to the bar to try to get her because both their asses are on the line. And yeah, it's just a nice little thing, but it's it, it's a nice little bit with with Jeffrey getting in there and they're talking to the guy and he jumps on his back and they get into a fight. And I don't know what that was all about, though. <laughs> Jeffrey has the best lines where he's like, you knuckle dragging swine. And and I love his insults. They're just amazing. I got confused for a minute because I thought we were going to get into the scene when they're playing pool. I love the rollovers in this episode where Will does have to be the responsible one and he is trying to be good and he's not the one sneaking off of the club like he normally would be. But one of (laughs) the the excuse that Jeffrey gives to get out of the house (laughs) Is that he says my cousin has malaria and I immediately oh. have to go into quarantine. So that definitely <laughs> hit a nerve with me at this point. That hit a nerve, yes. Yes. I have to get to quarantine immediately. Bye. <laughs> cousin Roddy has malaria. I completely lost it. That would be too soon for us to joke with COVID. No, it's give us give us like two years. No, that shit is hilarious. He said, "Cousin Roddy has malaria. I must immediately go into quarantine." And he just runs out of the room. Oh my god, it was such a great. It is a it is a great moment. Oh my god. We'll be like, oh, diagnosed with the COVID thing, but just the fact that it's like this random cousin we've never heard of before and that has malaria and like I don't you know the reason we can joke about it is because I don't think there's a wide amount of folks that are like cruising around with malaria no Uh, so we're vaccinated for that right (laughs) (laughs) like I just really loved and I love whenever um yeah sassy (laughs) Jeffrey like even more sassy Jeffrey like angry and aggressive Jeffrey whenever he's like God, when he was like trying to fight the dude in the bar, where he's like in my yeah. name, a very accomplished Greco-Roman wrestler, and it's like what? And he just like launches himself onto this dude's back. <laughs> like awesome, awesome moment. Absolutely loved it. It's it's great. Yeah, like you said, it's great when like Joseph Marcel gets to gets a little bit more meat in the episodes, and we're we'll we'll get more of that. He's got a like a handful of more standout episodes. Um, but the next step, the next scene, the stories are continuing, but we lost everyone but Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, and they're just like half dead on the couch, <laughs> starting to listen. And then I love this part because I thought it was real, but Ashley walks in, and is like, "Mommy, Dad, and I need you." And then she tries to leave, and Uncle Phil's like, "You're not going anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Sit down, woman." Sit and I was down. Like, I loved it. And she's like, I really tried, Mommy. I'm so sorry. And then Viv goes, yeah, come back in 10 minutes. Try again. <laughs> Try again in 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, so this ending right, part get, here. Get me out oh, of here. Get me out of here. 
So it's ending part here. We see, you know, Will and G gear oh. up to, to tell everybody. Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something? Miss Jordan? Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no. no okay. Um, so they gear up to say, you know, they, they don't know where Lady Penelope is and, you know, grovel on their knees and, you know, he's not going to be able to go to the concert and Lord Fowler never forgive Jeffrey. And then um, Jeffrey starts to talk to him about it. He's like, what's wrong, Jeffrey? What's wrong? And then Will's like, I'm going to take the blame for this one. He's like, why aren't you at the opera? Blah, 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 blah. And then who walks in? Just, you know, her hair's back up and her clothes are back on. But Lady Penelope. Yeah, right. she gives them some, like, thing about how Will, like, was starting to fall asleep around the third act of the opera. Mm-hmm. And so she he left, but gave her enough for cab fare, which I was like, yes. okay, flimsy story is flimsy, but okay, right. All we need is for Lord Fowler to <laughs> to agree to it and to accept it, which he does because mm-hmm. the man is just so oblivious to anything and everybody. But I did, I just wish this was a stronger bit. This whole bit where he's like, well. Jeffrey is trying to give him some sort, not even some sort of story, trying to tell him what happened. You know, he's like, what is it, Jeffrey? Is it more gambling uh, debts? Oh, good God, man. I thought we had to talk about this. (laughs) You know, or he's talking about like, oh, is this again about the gazebo thing where we caught you naked after strip cocaine? It's like, wait, what? And again, I wish they would, this bit would have landed stronger and it didn't. So it's just kind of like, I think it's because Lord Fowler spends so much time in this episode being so boring that yes. his delivery of this is boring as well. So then you're not really sure if he's telling the, like, if this is supposed to be a joke or. If well, this- it is because he, he doesn't like the opera. So he's right. like, oh, just because Will made it to the third act, he's going to give him like a lot right. of credit. He's like, I can't think of anything more boring. And Bob right. like, I can. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the dude just, just like, okay, everybody off to bed now. And like, apparently mm-hmm. he's also tired at this point and it's just really convenient for everybody. Um, <laughs> I do like the fact that Uncle Phil, though, uh, knows that this is like all ridiculous and it's obviously a lie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And again, this would never happen. That's my favorite part of the episode. That Phil, you know, that's my favorite part of the episode. Mm -hmm. That that Lord Fowler lies this lie and everybody goes to bed. And then Phil turns around and he's like, so that was obviously bullshit, but like, good job, Will. You can go to the concert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Will's like, because he's like, but but I want to know what really happened. And Will's like, well, it's a long story. (laughs) And Uncle's like, nope, I'm good. I'm good no, with long you. stories. <laughs> good night. And then we yeah, this, they have this cute moment where Will and Jeffrey like high five but kind of miss and fall on the couch. I was like, mission successful. But yeah, like you said, it's kind of weird. Like I I would have appreciated a reason why they were there. I can I, I'm assuming it's a stop. They're not gonna fly, what is it, like maybe a, a 13 hour flight from the UK to, to California. So it's probably just a stop along the way somewhere else. Um, but I would have loved the throwaway line of why they were specifically there and why it was only for a night. Cause she's like, well, you know, we'll have to save it for next time. We're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> and they just got there that, that morning. Yeah. It's just that. You know, it's all supposed to be sitcom convenience, and it's mm-hmm. fine because what you're supposed to get to is the gag that the Lady Penelope is actually, you know, this rebellious wild child, and the gag is supposed to be that, um, again, the lesser gag 
of Jeffrey trying so desperately to make sure that his reputation, because his whole thing is like, if I don't bring Lady Penelope home, that's the end of my career because Lady yes. Lord Fowler will hate me. The, the Philip Banks is going to lose faith in me. My career will be over. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's so aggressively, like, obviously this guy who's at the bar, the biker dude, who is like seven foot three, but he's crying his eyes out because Penelope broke up with him and stole his motorcycle. Yes. But Jeffrey still feels the need, even though like Joseph Marcel is like, what, five foot seven, eight at the most, mm-hmm. launches himself at him for no <laughs> Like when all else fails, but yeah, and it's like there's a lot of great little bits in here, but the overall, like, it's just not a neat story, right? It's mm-hmm. just not these things that we can now just pick apart and we're just supposed to just chalk it up to sitcom convenience. It's like there are stronger episodes, uh, so far, like, and that really does suck because, um, season one, I feel like has a lot of great episodes but then it's like these episodes here that this is not a bad episode it's not but I would still call it mediocre at best just because we've already had so many great episodes already what do you feel Jordan this episode also did a thing this episode also did a thing that like 90 sitcoms were very guilty of and I'm glad we moved away from that just having this really weird zany guest star that you never fucking hear from again Mm. Yes. Never hear Melody and Lord whoever ever again. And the 90s sitcoms would do this all the fucking time. Like, oh, mm-hmm. our cousin Mary Beth is visiting. And this cousin comes and they wreak havoc and then they just fucking leave and you never hear about them again. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's entertaining, but it doesn't necessarily serve the overall overarching storyline or character progression or anything like that but oh. in, they're dropped in for a really weird reason so i definitely for like for those purposes i will say writing wise it is not the greatest episode even though it's still it is still very entertaining yeah i'm i don't know i'm tempted i was tempted to give this a one i'm gonna push it to a two because i think one is just for unwatchable things but um this one yeah, I just, it, it's a filler episode. You thought the, last episode was a better episode than this episode? Is that what you're saying? I told you because of the Carlton scene. That's why I got it <laughs> grade, graded okay, on the curve. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I'll accept that Listen, answer. You you're allowed to keep an You're allowed. You can take this out of season one and not miss anything. It's there true. is no, like Jordan said, there's no character progression. We don't know who these people really are outside of being Jeffrey's first employer. Okay, but that's not really like too much of a connection. Why are they there? This, the B plot was terrible. Um, and and Will, Will wanted to go to a Ziggy Marley concert in Nevada and taking the car and just like yeah. the Pen- Lady Penelope stuff went to too too fast and what was the ultimate lesson learned i mean i guess we don't really need a message and a lesson learned every time but it's just like no what did that really do for the character of will what did that really do for the character of jeffrey what what did what did that shed light on like it's it's a complete filler episode and i got nothing from it yeah i i mean so is it a one or a two for you no it's not a one i'm gonna put it at a two okay um i think i'd probably put it at a two and a half Mm-hmm. Uh, out of five just because uh, I definitely think it's better than the last episode we just watched because mm-hmm. I ranked the last one so low because I was like I don't feel the need to ever see it again this mm-hmm. one if it was on I'd be like oh hell yeah let's watch it because 
uh, Sherry Austin, you know, who plays Penelope, mm-hmm. she's fantastic. I love, yeah. I'm living for that hair. That is my dream hair. I would love mm-hmm. to have, my hair did that. I would never cut it ever again. Uh, <laughs> living for that dress, especially when she just rips it and just has, you know, her table dancing go-go moment. Like, yes. oh God, living. She is my late 80s, early 90s, like wet dream. That is exactly how I've always wanted to look. Uh, so I, I definitely enjoy her. And I'm sad that the rest of the stuff, the problem is, is that that B plot is about how boring Lord Fowler is. Unfortunately, that means that the B plot itself is boring because mm-hmm. they didn't write enough quips and zingers to actually make it any kind of amusing. Um, they tried their best. There are some, mm-hmm. you know, like when Aunt Viv is like, oh God, is there a bar at the restaurant? And Uncle Phil says, we'll build one. Like, yeah. okay, that's a good one. But there's not enough of those in there to actually no. make the Lord Fowler time actually any kind of amusing. Um, and then when Ashley was like, I feel sick and Carlson was like, nice try, but you're, you're in, you're still going. Us. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're right. in this together. Right. It's just, I just wish that there were, uh, there was, I wish there was a better way to have written that. Um, yeah. So two and a half, I would watch it again. I would watch this episode again. Yeah. Compared to the, the connections that Jeffrey I'm... has to, to England, like later on with his son, like that's a much better episode you know, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Jordan? Uh, I'll three. Three is solidly mediocre. It's a solidly <laughs> mediocre episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. hate I don't hate on that. Um I'm gonna look back on all the ratings of course and I'll probably like change some stuff. Like we'll have a season one rundown. But yeah, I just for now, like first impressions, I'm not the episode is watchable. I'll never skip it. I'll go through it. It is nice to like when you need the TV on. I would say, right, <laughs> to put it on. Um, I like Lady <laughs> Penelope, but unfortunately, she's like the on- only standout, which shouldn't be the case. You mm. shouldn't really be upped by your your guest star like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and everybody else just felt like like set dressing unfortunately they would you know some key moments there that were really nice i i I honestly think i think the whole b plot tainted the whole episode i think if there was a stronger b plot it would have been a better episode you know um but yeah so that is uh episode 20 of season one called nice lady um thank you guys for joining me tonight and (laughs) Again, thank you for being patient, and I love having you two on. Um, anything you want to promote aside from uh, last week? Okay. Uh, Don't speak at once. <laughs> on Tuesday night. Listen. Listen. On Tuesday night, uh, I don't know what cross-section there is of Dungeons and Dragons fans and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fans, but the two people this applies to, I play in a weekly stream on Two Times TV with an all-black cast uh, doing blackity black things and fighting dragons. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when we get to socialize again, we have to get you to be, you're called a DM, right? Dungeon Master, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, because I've never played yeah, this game and I really wanted to. So I would like to have a thing. Okay, so I actually just came across this. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, so we will talk no, about I that. No, I was just going to say, I came across this Kickstarter for a um, 
uh, it's a Kickstarter for a uh, uh, an all native First Nations um, uh, RPG mm-hmm. uh, tabletop. I and it, I already backed it. Yeah. So, oh. but then here's the thing, though. I am. I think the only tabletop anything I've ever played is like Imperial Assault, which is mm-hmm. the Star Wars one. So I, I, I literally was like, I'm gonna have to have Jordan teach me how to play this because I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to so badly, and I want to support the project. And I was like, Who do I know? I'm like, I have Jordan. I need to talk to Jordan. Oh God, I hope she's not too busy to teach me how to play this. And then I'm like, I'm gonna have to find a group. Oh God. Okay, I hope Jordan can help me find a group. But I'm like, she's so busy speaking Jordan. Wait, you've never even played the Game of Thrones board game? Absolutely not. Why would I do oh that? Oh, my God. Game <laughs> nights. Oh, my God. Please, please take COVID away. Please. I must have, no. I must Our, have game nights again. Game nights for, for me and my crew, especially back in Florida, it was for, like, Werewolf. And uh, for a couple other uh, games, like, um, what's that one? Seven Wonders? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't really do the whole. I, I yeah, I, again, the only tabletop was like Imperial Assault, which is like the closest thing. But yeah, I never played Werewolf. God, it's so much fun. Is Werewolf like Mafia? So it's like an app-based game where, like, you know, you g- gather a group of people and you all close your eyes, and then like the audio prompt is like, um, "Everybody who is a werewolf, open your eyes and take a look to see who else is a werewolf in the room." And what you're trying to do is, you as the werewolf are trying to make other people believe that others are the werewolf, mm. and then you're also trying to infect others <laughs> at the same time. So as the game progresses, the key is is that the werewolves are trying to outlast the humans, and the humans are trying to find the werewolves but if the time runs out and you don't find out who the werewolves are then the werewolves win oh no yeah so it's actually a pretty it's really fun it's a really nice fun little party game and there's really no like prep work involved which is nice uh, but that's again why i'm so garbage at tabletop games that actually take any kind of like strategy <laughs> so, uh, that's why i need jordan to help me uh, but talking about projects that i've got coming up um <laughs> Yeah, I'm still hosting. Uh, have you tried not being a, a podcast? A podcast about queer representation and pop culture. You're still, still doing that. Still doing that. Uh, and I'm still <laughs> hosting uh, the Astonishing X Show, so you guys can hear all about my excellent opinions. Uh, and I'm still not a co-host for the Fred po- the Fresh Podcast of LA. So yeah. Yes, she does. That's why she knows the name of the podcast. Yeah, that one. <laughs> one of them. A Will Smith Appreciation Podcast, whichever yeah. one that one is that one well again ladies thank you for joining me and listeners thank you for listening to us speak about the fresh prince of bel-air we are almost done a season one and i feel accomplished we are almost at our one-year anniversary of both covid and this podcast the birth of this podcast excuse me so i want to oh excuse me so i want to thank you again so much for your support and I love you ladies and I love you guys out there and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.